This is Peter Field of the Triple Vision Podcast, and you're listening to AT Banter. Banter, banter. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Uh, hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, Mr. Flurry, comma, Ryan. Hello. Wow. What <laughs> you stunned me for a second. I wasn't really sure yeah, how to sorry. respond. So. I, am, doing well so far. I am Flurry, comma, Ryan. Going, going great so far. <laughs> And in the opposite corner, weighing in at, I don't know, however many pounds. Why, thank you, Robert. You're very welcome. See, wasn't that a lovely intro? Very lovely. Thank See, you for leaving a, a blank spot for my, my pound. Yeah, Please it's Saturday. Inserting number under a hundred right there. <laughs> <laughs> how, come, uh, how come Ryan was Flurry, comma Ryan, but I, you then know, Liz was first name first? I just I try to I try to change it up, and I just I didn't want to stun Liz. And, okay. uh, sometimes he files last so, name first name. Sometimes he files first name last name. I, I, I didn't I didn't realize I was going to have such a such a catastrophic event or a, a effect on the on the show. I think you might so, get canceled. To be honest. So uh, yeah. So anyways, hey, how the heck uh, how the heck are you guys? I'm fabulous, Rob. How are you? Uh, well, I'm I'm warm. I'm warm. We're, warm. we're in the middle of a heat wave here. We are. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. it, what's it doing? Uh, what's it doing down there, Liz? Um, it's definitely pretty warm. But I had a weekend in the mountains, so I got a little bit of cool air. Did you? Wait, so what mountains did you go to this time? Um, it's a. Uh, yeah. Okay. See, it's another it. mystery she's location. Not, she's not going to tell us. Forget <laughs> it. I tried. Uh, I tried. Everybody. It's been uh, over I, a year. I, she will not tell us where she goes. It's just it's mystery in, location. Top secret. It's it in is. North, it's in North Carolina. Uh huh. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was uh, there was some mountaining and some some sleeping in a tent and uh, some trail trailing. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're gonna, we need to put an air tag in one of your bags. That's a great idea. <laughs> We really Didn't we should. say like instead of low jack, it's going to be a list jack? Yeah. 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 Well, I think that at some point maybe we'll have like some sort of a contest, an audience contest to see if people can actually <laughs> track this? you down. Where's... I can have people just go spreading across Carolina just to see anything we find with. That's right. Uh, well, that's good. So did, and did you have a nice time? Oh, no. It was amazing. It was really great. And then, yeah. then you drive down the mountain, all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, it's hot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was like 15 degrees difference. It's a lot. Wow. Yeah. yeah no kidding. And so, yeah. and were you there for a while? Just a long weekend. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah. And back to back to the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's always the tough one. Mm-hmm. Working nine to five. Although you know, having having an actual toilet, it does it, it does pro. lessen the yeah definitely a pro coming mm. back to civilization. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I don't do the uh, I wander into the woods with a shovel kind of camping. No, no, no. Oh, it's, it's, okay. a camp, it's a campsite. You get your own little designated area. There is uh, designated men's and women's rooms. She's there got is. a two-story motorhome. She's glamping. No, 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 no. No, it was not glamping. There was no glamping. I've always been nervous to go into the forest camping with someone who's coming with a shovel. <laughs> you don't know for sure you're that's coming true. back. It's end well. Yeah, that's true. But there's no yeah. guarantee you're coming back up. No, we actually had we had a little bit of a scare because apparently there was a mama bear with her cubs that wandered into the campsite a couple Ooh. times, and so the rangers were coming around and they were being extra strict about the things that you left out on your right. campsite. I mean, mm. yeah, we got a. We got a warning slip on our camps. We came back. We're like, what? What do we do? Oh, wow. oh, beer. I'm like, really? Beer bottles attract bears? Oh, okay. I didn't know that one. <laughs> so these are very modern bears, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, ever since Cocaine Bear came out, exactly. uh, down on any sort of spirits or anything. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want beer bear. <laughs> Just falls asleep on you. Um, all right. Well, good. Well, I think that's uh, that clears that up. I think we're ready to proceed. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Uh, what the heck are we doing today? Today we are talking to Corey Ballard and Luke Scriven from Vision Forward, all about their Tech Connect Live YouTube channel and so much more. So, thanks for joining us, you two. Hello. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. I, I wasn't told that we were doing more than the Tech Connect Live. So, uh, uh, oh, we do so much more. We do. Yes, you do. Uh, I'll fill you in. Okay. Well, listen. You know, we're we are excited to have you on. We, uh, you know, for for a show that's called AT Banter, uh, we don't often get a chance to dive in and be really super geeky about assistive technology. Uh, long story, uh, but uh, so we're, we're always excited to have uh, both other content creators as well as other people who are uh, sort of steeped in the in the AT world, like uh, we were. Maybe we can just start in just giving us a little bit of background on on each of you. You want to go first, Corey? Sure. You're such a gentleman. <laughs> I say latest first. <laughs> uh, so I'm Corey Ballard, and uh, I am uh, blind myself. I lost my vision over 30 years ago due to detached retinas. I've been with Vision Forward coming on 19 years now. Um, a number of different roles throughout the, the, all those years, but right now I'm the director of Adult Vision Rehabilitation Services, so I oversee a number of uh, our non-medical uh, programs here. So uh, orientation and mobility, braille, social, emotional, and then assistive technology. And then part of that, I'm still a CADIS, and so I still do um, assistive technology instruction kind of on a daily basis as well. And I uh, have been in America since 2011, I think. Um, yeah, living in Chicago first. I actually got into the field through volunteering at the Chicago Lighthouse, a nonprofit in, in Chicago there. And uh, I kind of enjoyed working with the people and with the technology. So I did a graduate degree and then did my CATIS as well. Moved to Vision Forward in 2019. Yeah, four years. Just a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. No, actually. Uh, coming up in September. Coming up, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, working under Corey. And it's been a lot, of, a lot of fun. One of the things we wanted to do was... Uh, 
build up a YouTube channel just because that type of content is so important, you know, these days. Everybody's looking for, you know, for videos on stuff that can help them. And uh, if you're not doing it, then you're kind of missing out. So uh, that's one of the things we wanted to do. I'd done it at the Lighthouse already. So we at the Lighthouse, we were making, started making videos 12 years ago. Um, and then when I came here, then we continued to do so, and we've kind of expanded our offerings. And yeah, I mean, Vision Forward was like I was doing some before you came, but I mean, yeah. they just were, they were one take, bl you know, blast through something, hoping there isn't yeah. a mistake. I feel like that's what we still do, isn't it? Yeah, to, to a certain degree, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we're just better at editing now. Well, that's very, that is very true. <laughs> uh, we brought on an editor, which makes yeah, life exactly, a lot easier. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so the YouTube channel, and and that started. I don't know, well, four years ago is when we started doing more produced videos. Yeah. And then when COVID hit in 2020, we were working remotely, working from home, and Luke and I were uh, doing the as much as we could remotely, which for anyone who does AT training, it's, you know, it, it's not very easy to do it remotely, depending on the client. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted a way to continue kind of keeping ourselves busy and connecting with people. So then we started our live show. So we've been doing that for almost four years now. That's about crazy. Yeah, about four years. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just as time's gone on, it's sort of evolved. We received a two-year grant, so we were able to bring on a, a full-time, well, part-time editor. So that helped our produced videos and and then we did some podcasting, so there's a, yeah. there's a lot going on. Just to be clear, though, we are we are our day job is still we we train. Well, Corey manages and trains, and I train individuals. So that's what we're actually doing most of the time. Yes. The the rest of the content is kind of you know is is a bit more of a side gig. Yes. So one that we very much enjoy. So are you guys also assistive technology dealers, or where are you getting all your technology from? Um, yeah, so we, t yes and yes, uh, so we are, we do have a retail store, so I guess maybe to take a step back, Vision Forward is a non-profit here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we've been here for over a hundred years, um, and we started out as a boarding home, and then as the needs and time evolved, we turned into a, a, a vision rehabilitation center, and so part of the program one of the programs that we have here is a retail store so we do sell uh, a number of different at devices and one of the things that we always try to do is we just carry all brands so a lot of times people can connect with de local dealers but you know they're usually only then seeing whatever that dealer kind of provides so we're a, a place where they can come and see all the different brands and there's really not a lot of sales pressure going on uh, so that's one part of it. The other part then is uh, we had built a what we call our tech or technology and education center, and we opened that maybe eight or nine years ago. And when we opened it, I really pushed and ensured that we were going to continue to fund new technology because there's really nothing worse than building a state-of-the-art technology center and then not having money in year two, three, four, and so on to buy any new technology. It gets old really fast. So we every year we uh, get some really good funding and grants to buy, uh, I don't want to say anything and everything we want, but it's not too often where we don't have funds to, to get something. So. No, no. Like you know, wearables are obviously wearable magnifiers are obviously a big, um, a big category right now, and we have 
I don't, I don't know if we, I wouldn't say we have all of them, but we have a good, we have a good six selection. or seven at least yeah. uh, of those. So, yeah, so those are, those are the ways that we typically uh, get our hands on the technology. Every time somebody says assistive technology dealer, I just like get these visions of like back alley like dealings, uh, you know? Like it fell off the back of a truck <laughs> like and you're selling it Yeah, in there's van. like somebody with a trench coat and they open it yeah. and they have some CCTVs hanging there and you Did just you ever, pick the one that you want. Do you ever see the movie uh, Child's Play? Oh yeah. You know how they, isn't that how they get Chucky is through the back it's alley? Right. And yeah, right. Well, I thought Chucky, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it starts off and he's like an actual guy. He's a criminal. He's running well, away and he yeah. goes into a toy store. Correct. And then he gets killed and then his soul goes into the <laughs> All right, this got a little weird. I'm going to go back and watch <laughs> Anyways, that. Uh, our, the AT that we buy is not from a back alley. <laughs> it's not possessed. Uh, serial killer. So <laughs> why are we even selling it then? I mean, well, <laughs> we do, if you want to pay more, we can offer that. <laughs> Make sure to include that on all the marketing materials. <laughs> not yeah, exactly. Possessed by a serial killer. Really, it, really it, it the, just uh, magnifies. It will not try <laughs> yeah. to kill you in your sleep. Our, our refund policy it gets a little rough. <laughs> well, so yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting that assistive technology is such a. It, it can be a really hard thing to market. You know what we always used to to find is that nobody really knows anything about assistive technology until the day they actually need to use it mm -hmm. um you know for, and for, so for the mainstream public i mean they don't you they have no clue um what's out there so it makes it hard especially in a in a rehab situation where you have somebody who's maybe um you just recently lost their vision they don't even know what's available to them. And that's why I really find that content like you guys are creating are, are really valuable because it's getting the word out there that these devices are out there. I mean, for, for some people, like they don't even realize that, you know, they can use a computer after, say, they lose their vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that assessment. I mean, some of the stuff that we've done is more cross purpose so like we have tried to make some videos that would appeal to a general user as well as somebody with a vision impairment right. um, but a lot of the stuff like you say you wouldn't necessarily find unless you actually need it um, and I think that is a big challenge because in a place as big as the United you know North America um, there's a lot of people who aren't going to have access to a facility like we have here in, in Milwaukee and stuff. Yes. And so it, like that whole educational piece is just is just so important. And even if they do have access to it, a lot of times people don't want to admit that they need it and make that first step. So many yeah. times I do presentations where I'll say who here has vision loss and no one raises their hand. And then you say who can't <laughs> read the newspaper and everyone puts their hands up. <laughs> you know, they just yeah. don't, there's something about vision loss that people yeah. just don't want uh, to. It's a sensitive so, topic. Yeah, so the, the YouTube is a the YouTube. The YouTube. Suddenly sounded very. YouTube is a great place to do you know to search for those kind of products, and I also think what's really helped too is the inclusion of uh, accessibility in mainstream products. Oh, I yeah. think sure. now sure. with Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Samsung and everybody it's much easier to accept accessibility, especially because you're buying, an off, a lot of times you're buying the off, an, off, off the shelf. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I will say that with the, with the YouTube, it is a bit of a blessing and a curse. On the one hand, anybody who has access to the internet and who can get onto YouTube <laughs> yeah. can find out all of, you know, about all of these wonderful things. But then it's very easy, I think, especially 
if you're somebody who is recently experiencing vision loss, it's very easy to look at some of these things and think they can do something that they actually yeah. can't. That's especially the case, I think, with wearables. Sure. Uh, yes. It's like the magic glasses syndrome. You know, mm -hmm. somebody looks at, you know, an eSight promotional video and then all they think <laughs> did, that it's gonna. I didn't want know. to actually. I was well, gonna say I don't want to point fingers. No, but no, there I mean, is a certain wearable easy target, yeah. that 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 makes it seem that you're gonna see again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're gonna be you're gonna be you know, doing archery and driving your yes. car to the grocery store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, sure, like maybe some people might be able to do that, but the reality is that for a lot of people they might get some improvement in visual acuity, but there's gonna be compromises and there's gonna be things that it's not good for and, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. so. Well and did you guys find that that's kind of the tricky part too? Because especially when when vision is involved and there's so many gradients, um, one device might work for for one person and that same device with somebody who has the same condition but whose vision is a little bit either farther down the road or not as far down the road it might not work as well and so it really you you the, a lot of these devices they really need to sit down in front of them and try yeah. them out before they're they really know whether it's going to work for them in a place that they feel comfortable they don't feel pressured they can take their time and that's kind of what we do as a nonprofit is that we we're not pressuring we're not pushing one brand and you're you're right i mean i think uh, one of the things that always jumps out to me that is you know when when iphone became accessible i, I can't count how many times and i still get it even now 10 years later or 13 years later however it's long it's been where you get the people who, person who calls and says well i have a friend or family member who is visually impaired and they said get an iphone because it's the best thing and it's just, I mean, it's not the best thing for everybody. So many people yeah. struggle with the gesture. So it's that just assuming that uh, the device works for one person is going to work for everybody. And that's not even, you know, related specifically to vision. I mean, there's so many different factors sure. that can affect somebody's, you know, acceptance of a, of a device, you know, like what is their general skill with technology? You know, what is their attitude toward learning new things that might be difficult? Yeah. You know, uh, what other what other comorbidities might there be, you know? Yeah. And what access do they have to training? How yeah, many, precisely. How many times yeah. does technology get abandoned because their recommendations are made, they're handed something and then no one teaches them how to use it? Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Just talking in general, in, in terms of um, assistive technology trends that you guys are seeing right now, what is sort of the hot item or, or hot product group right now? Well, that's a wonderful question. I mean, yeah. as far as I can see, it is still wearables, but like, I don't know, there just doesn't seem to be that much exciting stuff going on in the space. The only exciting thing Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just jaded because I've been working in the field for too long. But the only thing that's really excited me recently has been the integration of, you know, chat GPT into into some devices because that does seem to really be a pretty powerful tool. Um, but, you know, other than that, I don't know. Just the wearable market seems to be the, the most the, there's the most room for improvement I th there. I think it's the newest market still. So it's yeah. fresh. There's, you know, I think when you look at like mobile technology phones, I, I think we've sort of plateaued, right? I mean, it's the same I, thing every year. I loved I, I can remember just staying up late to, uh, to order the iPhone at midnight and and taking off of work to, to watch the announcement. And now, now <laughs> it's like, like yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I loved it. And now 
I'll be like, oh my god, a week later, and they're like, oh, I, I didn't even realize a new iPhone was announced. <laughs> and it'll still stay on top of it because we need to, but it just, it, I feel like it, the technology is sort of plateaued. And it's the, same, it's the same with CCTVs as well, I think. I, I think so. Screen reader, I tend to feel the same way about. Yeah. So I think wearable electronic magnification, just wear, not even, I should say wearable uh, in general. So that could either be electronic magnification or it could be something like the Arc, you know, Arc's Vision, mm -hmm. where where it's doing more, you know, or the Envision glasses, where it's doing more, uh, not really magnification, but it's doing other the OCR or chat GPT AI type stuff. I think that's to me where there's the the most of ability for, for new stuff to come back. On the Braille side though, I mean, there is also the multi-line Braille displays, the graphing displays, mm -hmm. and the ones that can do graphing and also uh, display text yeah. as well. So, I mean, that's probably pretty exciting to to Braille users, I would have thought. I feel thought. like that's a, I agree, but yeah. I tend to, I, I wonder, and I don't know if we are just, um, if we are just an outlier, but I, you know, our our adults coming in with for technology training, yeah. it's very, it's very rare that they are getting connected with a braille display. That's true, but I mean, this is the but, thing. Like Corey and I both both work in the adult education sector, and a lot of the stuff that you see is actually in the kind of school mm -hmm. uh, sector. So like we did, a, we did a course recently on cortical vision impairment and everybody there except for us was from the, the school age yeah. side of things. And you know, I, th I think they're, they're very different markets in terms of what you're thinking about with the technology. Um, so there is definitely bias on our side toward you know, what's gonna be helpful mm -hmm. for our, our, our clients who a lot of the time they're not really doing anything braille wise. And is that just because, you know, from a from a sort of a rehabilitation standpoint, for somebody who's lost their vision later in life, there's they just don't want to learn Braille, or it's not really realistic for them to learn Braille. I think it's a combination of that. Like I'm a firm believer. I mean, we have a, a, a Braille instructor on staff, and we absolutely, as part of our full assessment, do a Braille assessment. But I, you know, I think what where we typically see the most braille being taught is what we kind of call like life skills braille right where you can read the elevator mm -hmm. men's women's that kind of stuff versus you know typically somebody who's lost their vision in their 30s 40s 50s 60s aren't really going to be sitting down and reading a novel in braille it's just not really feasible that's not something they're really interested in there there's other alternatives for them to to consume that information now you know, as we were talking about the younger kids, that's where Braille, you know, so there's absolutely no question that Braille is so important, especially for the young ones just coming into school. There's really no better way to learn sentence structure and grammar and, and spelling and all that um, than, than Braille. So I think the, the motivation that that particular aspect is really important because when you're teaching adults, like they have to have the motivation and the motivation yeah. that they have is, is this going to be useful to me? They can say and, no and not feel bad where, where exactly, kid, yeah, the where teacher they, they says to, do this. Exactly. They, kid <laughs> has to do what they're told, yeah. But with an adult, like they, they need to know like, what is this? 
how is it going to benefit yeah. me and how hard is it going to be uh, to learn and then they can weigh up you know those different bits of information for me i didn't you know i lost my vision it, it started in seventh grade and by the end of eighth grade is really when it was kind of gone and so starting freshman year ninth grade for me i didn't want to really learn braille but my uh, instructor at the time brailled up a deck of cards and and I learned how to 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 play poker with M and M's, and like that was an, for me that was a motivator to get me into starting to learn Braille was playing <laughs> poker in school. So, but it, but it, but the point is that really is for any of the stuff that we teach, if the if the student isn't motivated, then yeah. it's sort of a it's almost somewhat of a waste of time because it's. There's just no. There's going to be no follow through. There's. They're not really retaining anything. Is uh, is gambling normally on the core curriculum in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah, where I went to school. School of hard knocks. You got to afford to buy that Braille display somehow, right? Yeah, that's a exactly. bad I bought it for six thousand M and M's. That's a good deal. <laughs> that is a good deal, actually. <laughs> but actually, let's let's talk a little bit about that because I I feel like one of the things that would be a really great leap forward technology wise would be for them to really figure out a way to bring the price point of some of these refreshable electronic braille displays and braille devices down i mean 3500 bucks up like i mean that's probably yeah. a cheap one um is is really that's a you know that's a chunk of change for a lot of people how are we doing there? Are you are we seeing any sort of uh, any sort of leaps in technology on, on how to build these things a little bit cheaper? I mean, I think we saw you know Orbit Research come out with their um, oh, I can't even think of it now. Something forty. What was their big? They had the Orbit forty. Um, yeah, just the Orbit forty. Is that what they reader? Cut? And then there was the Orbit twenty plus and yeah. the Orbit twenty. And, and, and they were using what I, I believe they were using a different pin technology. Yeah. That allowed them to bring their forty cell down to it was under a thousand, right? I think yeah, it's like it was like five ninety nine or six ninety nine or something like that. But my understanding—I never got hands on with it—but my understanding is that it was very, very pretty loud, and most people didn't like it. I, you don't really see. I heard it didn't feel out. good and it yeah. was really unreliable. Yeah. It seemed to be like everyone was but, having to send them back for repairs. Yeah, I think that was part of it. But what yeah. I will say though is that we—I think part of that. One of the, the positive uh, outcomes of that, though, is that we saw companies like Humanware and Freedom Scientific with Sparrow bringing the, the costs of their traditional Braille displays down because of it. So, I mean, I, I think that is a, you know, I think now you can pick up a 40 cell Focus 40 for, what, three, twenty nine ninety five maybe if I remember correctly which that used to be you know fifty six fifty five hundred so the, the, we at least saw a drop there but I don't know I mean I don't know that there's been a, a huge you know I think a lot of people a lot of companies are focusing more now on these on these multi-line displays and the graphical display so what we saw monarch through that's through what aph and humanware mm -hmm. no. no that's fine was it humanware yep yeah, and then uh, Orbit had their big one too that I can't the think graffiti. of the name of it now. Graffiti, yeah, graffiti that's, that's a thing. Yeah. We saw that dot one as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, dot had the dot, well, dot, pad. dot pad or something. Dot yeah. pad here. Yeah. yeah. Dot pad. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's sort of where, and I've got to assume that they are. They've got to be working on cheaper technology in order to be able to get some of those multi-lines. Well, that Monarch, I think, is like 15, 20 grand or something. I think it so. is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. And that's yeah. the problem. It's it's geared. 
you know, I don't know. It, it, be, it becomes a whole big argument, right? The supply and demand, who's paying for it, uh, voc rehabs in schools. If there be, if it's, if people are paying, why would you bring the cost down? It's a small market. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's many different. It's a very, it's a very difficult situation. Yeah. When it comes to, yeah, when it comes to the money side of things, it's, it's a real tricky one. Yeah. But there's also discussion happening in the U.S. anyway probably even here in Canada, where Braille instruction is dropping year over year over year. So, mm. you know, how much incentive is there going to be for manufacturers to innovate when those Braille users are dropping? That's a very fair question. Yeah, and that's kind of scary to think. Absolutely. I mean, if, you know, I, I had vision throughout most of my grade school. So by the time I lost my vision, I was able to trans, you know, I was able to to transition to audio only and it, and it worked for me but I can't imagine you know I've got two kids and I can't imagine them learning to read only by audio I mean I just I just don't understand how that's possible but I mean the, so with braille literacy I mean the idea of braille is because you are able to f see how words are spelled right. and you know uh, grammar and things like that yeah. but I mean you can do that with touchscreen devices I mean you can use an iPhone and you know you can navigate character by character or you can use a computer you know what I mean but you won't though if you're reading yeah, if you're reading a book yeah. you're not gonna stop every word and see how it's spelled. But if, and, you're in, and, and, if you're in school, though, then the teacher is making you do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just can't see how how, how efficient and then yeah. making sure your punctuations turn to, to all so that yeah. you're not, you know, that's part of the issue, too, when you, most people turn their punctuation to, to some or none, and so you don't even see where commas, yeah. uh, you know, are. But. I would I would be pretty disappointed and and sad if if Braille instruction came to a I could I could see it I can see it uh, decreasing year over year for adults but man I'd really be scared to think of our future I mean think about this though <laughs> this this might sound dystopian but I mean is anybody actually gonna be typing anything in the future oh. I mean number one like <laughs> the voice recognition right software. Into, their, into their head <laughs> that's not what I'm oh, saying no, no, no. it's built into Windows so, it's built into Mac and yeah so yeah so dictation is getting better and better so number one like you know do you need to know how to spell if you can just dictate something and number two chat GBT can just write everything oh, you no, need anyway no, so here we go me, dude. <laughs> Yeah. So. Well, here's a question then. Can you, sp okay, this, this is going to sound weird, but can you properly speak if you've never learned how to read and learn grammar? Like if you needed to. to yes, because people had spoken language before written language. Have oh, you not seen yeah. these kids on Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and seen their lack yeah, of punctuation true. and grammar? And <laughs> like everybody is short form now, right? It's all emojis and it's all. Is that you know, what we're going to be? We're I, think back to <laughs> I think literacy is taking a nosedive. Yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, though, I mean, language is, is very flexible and yes. it's always changing. And obviously, you get used to things being done a certain sure. way. But if they're done a different way, it doesn't mean it's wrong or bad, you know? Right. This is turning into AT old timers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm getting all curmudgeonly and like. I'm always curmudgeonly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, we get off my yard. That's right. <laughs> Can you rename the podcast AT Boomers? <laughs> there you go. Much. I'd listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, okay. Well, let, let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about AI because uh, you know I'm I'm have mixed feelings about it for a while now. Uh, I think that there's a lot to be excited about, uh, especially in the AT realm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it mainstream wise, you know, I fear for our civilization, but <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of AT, I think this is great. I mean, I, I think that we're really on the, the edge of really seeing some really amazing uh, mm -hmm. changes because of it. But give me your thoughts on, on AI and, and what you're sort of seeing seep into some of the product lines and, and how it's being used. <laughs> where, where I get, where, where I don't like AI is the, like, write a paragraph for me. That, that I think is a bad use of AI. Uh, w w what I like about AI is when we can start to have environments and situations evaluated so that you can walk into a room, AI can immediately have access to your camera, see where chairs are, tell you how far away the chair is in relation to where you are, and not only can it tell you where the chair is, but if there's someone sitting in it or not. And that's part of like right now, AI, we can use AI to take a picture of a room and it'll tell you, you know, if there's a chair or a table, but it doesn't tell you if there's somebody sitting in the chair. And again, I, the, for me, that's the information that I want. I want useful information. And I, so for me, that's where AI is interesting or the ability to maybe um, replace Ira or Be My Eyes with an, an AI where you can say, what color is this? And it's smart enough to hear what you said, see the camera, see that you're pointing at something and put two and two together and know that you're asking the color of the item in the camera. Um, to me, that's another really cool future of AI. Um, I don't want to put in there, write me a paragraph about World War II in the style of a vampire. <laughs> what you a can do? Right? Well, I don't, I've done it. You can do it with ChatGPT mm -hmm. if you want. I'd love to see the results. Yeah, it's very formal. <laughs> is it? Is that how they're vampires? Yeah, yeah, very serious. Very formal. <laughs> I, um, a long time. Uh, yeah, I've seen the AI being integrated into the Envision AI classes, and we just did a video on the AllCam Read uh, 3.0, and um, that one has, is using ChatGPT on the back end as well to do stuff like uh, summarize a, a page of text that it's um, taken a picture of, and um, I think I think that stuff is really neat. I I can imagine a CCTV where you have a button and you press the button and you give, you know, you ask a question with your voice about the text that is under the CCTV and it's able to, you know, tell you, answer questions and stuff. I think you know, that would be fantastic, you know. Tell me the phone numbers on this page. Tell me what this page is about. Tell me something about this guy who is in this page of text. You know, all, all of that type of stuff would be great from an educational standpoint, but also just a general user standpoint, I think. That's what we lose as some as somebody who's visually impaired what I miss the most is being able to just take a piece of paper and visually scan it yeah. and and, and yeah. summarize it really quickly or just scan down to the bottom and get the total or whatever it is with OCR you have to take a picture and you got to pretty much go through the whole thing mm -hmm. so you're absolutely right like that was what's so cool about the 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 or cams both its summary uh, capability and its smart reading capability to be able to have that summarize or say 
read me the dollar amount and then it just, so it, it reads it out loud to you. So you're basically being able to do that visually scanning again without being able to visually scan. Yeah, that smart reading though, that's actually happening offline right on the device. Yeah. Uh, but the, the summarizing that is you've got to be connected to the internet because yeah. that's using chat GPT. But I think there's a lot of possibilities there that have not been even thought of yet that could be super helpful. Yeah, I think it's a cool, I think there's, you know, I think with uh, with Apple's uh, Vision Pro, you know, what, it, what it's going to be doing with its AI processing, again, being able to just process what the camera sees and feed that back to you is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Vision Pro, it's really interesting. You know, I thought when it, when I first watched the video uh, about that, and just for anybody in the audience who doesn't know, it's it's Apple's, you know, they, they announced this, you know, VR headset. <clears throat> um, and they released a developer video about, you know, what it can do. And it's, it's a very, they're, they're very core features. There's really not much there for in terms of apps and stuff that the general public would be all that interested in. There's no games or really super cool stuff. It's really just for developers. Um, but ironically, I thought it, as, a, as a mainstream device, the video really kind of falls flat because I think a, somebody who's just interested in a, in a VR headset uh, that wants to play games or do a bunch of stuff uh, at home, they're going to look at that and go, well, this is a $3,500 VR headset. That's that's a way out of my budget, and I'm not going to pay that for something that essentially I can, you know, check my email in, in cyberspace uh, mm -hmm. or, in, or in a virtual reality space. But for a piece of AT, I thought this is this is an incredible device just based on even just the eye tracking system alone. Um, and 3500 bucks for, for an AT device is actually a, a pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, Rob, I think you're missing something here because in the developer video, they did have a game where they were making clouds smile. Oh, really? oh that's clouds, right. They were making sad clouds happy. I think that's enough <laughs> as a, a selling point to anybody, <laughs> to be honest with you. But um, no, um, yeah, we did a video on the, on the headset just because we had the same thoughts in terms of potential for um, for low vision users was my thought, you know, the uh, Apple have got the purchasing clout to make a headset for 3500 that is a lot better specs wise than any of the low vision wearables mm -hmm. that you would get. And so the question then becomes, are they going to integrate any low vision wearable um, features into it. And, you know, iPhones have the Magnifier app, right, which is basically what you would need on a low vision wearable to turn it into a low vision wearable. So is that going to be integrated? And if so, how will it work? I think that's going to be interesting. I think their commitment to accessibility, I, I would, again, I know we won't know and nobody will know, but it's coming with voiceover. It's coming with magnification. I, I it's basically, they're calling it, what are they calling it, Vision OS? But it's again, it's basically iOS. Yeah. But I, I would be shocked if they don't, um, if they don't do that and, and allow individuals to basically replace a lot of the uh, wearable electronic magnifiers that are out there and do so much more yes. than what those do. Having the, the mail, having 
the YouTube, having YouTube, having all that stuff tied right in. And I can only assume the optics would be a lot better. Oh, it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, the danger yeah. is, the danger is though, okay, so you look at uh, this, the Vision Pro for 3,500 bucks, and mm -hmm. then you look at the Iris Vision for 3,000, right? Mm -hmm. So as a consumer, you're like, well, obviously I'm going to go for the Vision Pro because it uh, is a lot sleeker. It's made by Apple. It can do all of this other stuff. Yeah. So then everybody starts buying the Vision Pro, and then, you know, down the line, Apple's like, ah, you know what, we're not going to actually, we're, we're not going to do this anymore we're not going to make any more vision pros and now all of the other wearable companies in the low vision market We're have gone out of business. business yeah sure so like what's left you know so i mean there is danger yeah. when you have a monopoly like that if it comes to pass you know there's a whole term and i cannot think of it now it's going to drive me nuts but there's a whole term called what apple does when when other companies develop uh, something or an app and then Apple releases the exact same thing, and then it's just pretty much instantaneous just that, that company. Yeah. yeah, and I forget there's a term for it now that where, when that happens. But uh, I don't know. I think the Vision Pro. I think I think it'd be you know f not only just from a low vision, but from a blindness perspective too. Again, coming back to the Ira, to the Be My Eyes, having hands free again could be really cool depending on what the AI kind of develops and, and, you know, the iPhone does a pretty good job with LiDAR telling you about, you know, seeing AI tied in with the LiDAR. Well, how does that look like on the Vision Pro? Can we start to come in, you know, and come into a room and get real information to deal with versus just chair? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think you're right. You know, like you talked about the Iris Vision, the OrCam Read, you know, the MyEye, Celeste, all these different third-party companies out there developing products, it would be pretty easy for them to convert these to apps to run on the Vision Pro. But I think one of the things we're missing is what's the battery life going to be like of the Vision Pro? What's the heat going to be like? Yeah. How long can you wear one of these devices? You yeah, know, that's that, true. A lot but of that, none has of that to be stuff is really too. good with uh, the, tr the low vision wearables at the moment either. So, right. you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, uh, according to Apple, mm. you can use it all, all day. day plugged in yeah because they really tell you that <laughs> like most devices can't be used all day plugged you can, in you can use a supple but, braided cable oh i did like yeah. a supple, <laughs> supple cable yes. i mean you can plug it in all day um i will say and again we know none of us know this but yes. i bet you from a heat perspective it's going to be pretty good Apple's usually pretty good about comfort and heat you know uh, unlike we, we tested and did some a video on the arcs vision and we liked it but man by uh, maybe 30 minutes in like I literally felt like the side of my head was on fire it got really hot um, now hopefully th that was that was maybe six months ago when we did it but yeah but uh, yeah, again, and this, this is, is why I know you guys, we're not on video here, but this is why Corey has a big concave uh, hole in his head. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> yeah. I have one, one side of my head is totally burnt. <laughs> got no hair. <laughs> well, the other thing too, I think that, you know, we need to watch for is the timing of, of a mainstream release. Google Glasses, you know, came out and didn't yeah. really get adopted by anybody anywhere. Maybe yeah. in manufacturing for a short time, but you never hear about it anymore. 
No, that's very true. I find, I think the VR market is so weird because it's been around for like 10 years now. Yeah. I mean, in its current form and it hasn't really caught on that much, even in the gaming community, which you would have thought would be yeah. the natural adopters. It just really hasn't caught on that much. And it's because you're wearing this big thing on your head and now you're <laughs> isolated from everybody. And it's you know? gotta be the AR piece, the augmentative, re augmentative reality. Yeah. That's where I think, Maybe yeah. why this this might take it is that it's not just a straight VR. I mean, they're not even calling it VR; they're calling it spatial computing because they don't even they don't even yeah. want to be associated with VR. Um, but being able to do both VR and AR, right. I think could and and let's be honest, Apple. If anybody, Apple's got the, well, what's the word, cachet clout. or mm -hmm. clout or, yep. you know, I mean, we all say who who's going to spend $3,500, but I guarantee there's going to be a line around the building and it's going sure. to be, mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be, um, impossible to get them day of. I mean, yeah. we, we saw that when the iPhone jumped to a thousand dollars. It did yeah. not stop people from buying them, so. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, Apple has solved all the problems that VR has because they are projecting your eyes on the outside of the headset. <laughs> so yeah. it's okay, yeah, it's everything's okay. And being yeah. Gen 1 too, I mean, it's all yeah. metal and glass. Wait until the Vision Mini or what? Who knows what naming scheme that comes out? That's you know, fifteen ninety nine or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, well, I think that that's that's really what they have to get to. I mean, because you're absolutely right. The VR market is very fickle, and you know, it's really really struggled over the past ten years. And I think that's again, I think it's partly price point, but it's also partly just um, there's a novelty factor there. You know, I know several mm -hmm. people that, you know, ran out and got, you know, Oculus quests and loved them for like two months. And then they're just like, yeah, I'm selling mine on on Marketplace because that's my mom. And my like my son, he's 12. He bought one and he doesn't use it. And you know what? I, you know why I think he doesn't and why I think people haven't really adopted it is because Oh man, I don't want to. This is going to be stereotypical, and I really don't mean to. But the general population paying video games aren't aren't doing it because they want to be super mo uh, mobile and moving around and jumping, and right. they literally want to sit down and hit controllers because they're relaxing. Right. Like right. my son, I watch him play you know, VR for a while in his Quest Two, and. 30 minutes, 25 minutes in, he's exhausted. He's Why is he playing? <laughs> well, he's doing like monkey tag where you gotta like jump around and okay, climb wall. That. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I think like people don't, they don't want to do that. They want to sit, like if they want to work out, they're going to go to the gym. They want to sit. So yeah. I don't know. I don't, maybe I, I'm wondering if that's from the gaming uh, sphere, if that's why right. we haven't seen big adoption. Yeah. I'm sure. But it's, but it's also part of like just having something strapped to your head like that. We're yes. just, we, yeah. we're not at a place where the technology is going to be lightweight enough and not intrusive enough mm -hmm. to really make it comfortable to like wear something for more than an hour, maybe two hours if it's mm -hmm. really comfortable. But outside of that, like, you know, they talk about this spatial computing and, you know, in the video, they're showing somebody at a workstation wearing the Division Pro and they're doing all their, you know, checking their email and doing all this stuff. And I'm just like, God, that that would be hell having to go to work and wear one of these goddamn <laughs> things for like I eight agree. hours. I couldn't imagine that. So and even like the stuff that, you know, they're like, oh, you can watch, you can watch a movie with somebody and 
you know, it, the screen is huge and these things. It's like, well, really, you're going to invite somebody over with their headset? You're going to well, And especially be because everyone's sitting watching, on the couch. they're all watching movies on their phones anyways. They don't care yeah. about a big screen. Oh, oh, they have a 70, 75-inch TV at home already. Like, how much larger, even, did, how much larger does it need even, to be? I mean, yes. I think even now, like, my, I come back to my kids. We have a huge TV. We've got a 100-inch cinema down in the basement. They literally just sit on their phone and watch stuff. <laughs> like, they just don't care, you know? I, same when the iPod video came out. Steve Jobs yeah. famously said, nobody's going to want to watch video on these things, on this small screen. And he was 100% wrong. People just yeah. don't seem to mind, you know? That's right. Uh, what scares me about all of this is the fact that I, I think is the, the mainstream reception to this is kind of what's going to dictate whether or not is this is successful or not. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if the mainstream public is is ready for something like a, a VR platform yet. I think we're just not there yet. Well, we will be buying a Vision Pro as soon as they're released. We have funds already, so oh. uh, everyone can uh, take a key when it comes out. You can watch the Tech Connect uh, the our YouTube channel, and we'll absolutely have a video on it from an accessibility standpoint. Perfect. Um, so well, well, listen, we'll have you guys point. back on the show, and you can both be wearing uh, one. And you can, you can <laughs> oh, connect to the podcast through VR. Yeah, we can have it on a big screen. That'd or be sorry, amazing. Sp spatial, com spatial computing. Spatial yeah, computing. Spatial sorry, podcasting. That's <laughs> <laughs> the future. <laughs> Maybe. Listen, it's hey, you never know. Yeah. Okay, well, so let's let's talk a little bit about just I don't know anything new that's come down the line, say in the past couple of years that you guys have really found is has been really innovative or surprised you guys. Oh, that's a hard question. I just, you got you got you gotta don't be jaded. Yeah, I just come back to the the innovation side. I mean, it just feels very like the last the last innovative thing that I thought to myself. <laughs> this is very innovative. Yeah. Was like the Iris Vision. I I got it when it was when it hadn't even released. Somehow I got connected with Iris Vision, and we. Uh, this is when I was still at the Chicago Lighthouse, and uh, they came and demoed, and I was like, "Okay, this is big. Like, this is really gonna do well, and it has. It's been fantastic." And then uh, the OrCam. I was as just well. gonna say, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. The, the whole OrCam platform. There, in my opinion, I think Luke would tend to agree that uh, the OCR engine that OrCam uses is really second to none. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is probably the fastest and most accurate OCR uh, that I've seen. Yeah, they do. Uh, even putting it against, you know, old school Kurzweil with a flatbed scanner, uh, <laughs> which we did in a video. We, we did a video on the reading edge. Somebody donated a super old reading edge to us. Uh, and we did a whole video on the <laughs> Kurzweil Reading Edge versus OrCam <laughs> as sort of as a joke. Uh, and one of the categories is which was a better doorstop. That's the only one that Reading Edge That's the only category that it won. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would agree OrCam. I think uh, for me, and I suppose this is some of the personal bias, but um, Smart Home for me is, mm -hmm. is super interesting. Um, I have rolled out a bunch of smart home stuff in my house and I'm always trying to see ways to make it uh, easier for my family. Um, one of those things that, that keeps happening, you know, that I can fix my kids leaving their lights on all the time or <laughs> leaving the lights on in the living room or whatever. How can I use smart home technology to 
to fix that. And then from an accessibility standpoint though too, you know, being able to, if somebody doesn't have any usable vision, being able to quickly tell if lights are on or off or use some uh, scheduling so that lights can come on uh, from a safety perspective if you want to ensure that people know that you're home uh, garage door, you know, doorbell, all, all those kind of things. So for me, I think smart home is really an area that's grown a lot, but there's still a lot of potential there. And again, I think there's some really cool potential for individuals with vision loss. I got a couple of other things as well. Oh, hey. uh, improvements in dictation. I know we talked Ooh, about yeah. it before, but when I first started, I was running support for a program called CDesk, which was um, kind of similar idea to Dolphin Guide. It was a simplified computer interface for doing uh, the main stuff that you'd want to do on a computer. And uh, one of its features was speech recognition. It was utilizing the Windows uh, speech recognition service. And at the time, that was... Uh, that would have been Windows 7, probably, Yeah, right? Windows 7, yeah. At the time, That's that was pretty, pretty much a total nightmare. I mean, you had to you know, try and train. And this was, it wasn't accessible to do this as well. You had to train uh, the system um, to create a voice profile. and then you had to keep on talking to it. The more you talked with it, the, the larger the profile <laughs> became, the more accurate it became, but most of the time it was just junk. Microphone on. Exactly. <laughs> Microphone yeah. Just on. shouting at it, microphone, come on. <laughs> yeah, but um, now it's, I mean, that stuff is so much, so much smoother. And we, we looked at, uh, we did a video on some of the speech recognition stuff, uh, control and uh, dictation built into yeah. the Windows 11. And that stuff is just so much better now that they're, you know, utilizing the internet and building up um, you know, uh, big uh, profiles on the servers. And uh, I think that's really cool. Now, the problem is people still can't use it properly. So even though the, the technology is so much better now, like people just can't Do you think with AI, though, it. we'll start getting, I mean, I think still people assume they can just sit down and be like, uh, I want to send an email to Jim. Hey, how you doing? Right. Send it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, there yeah. are still steps you have to follow. But I bet you, you know, if you look back at what speech recognition on Windows 7 was compared to 11, compared to Siri, you know, uh, the the A word, like we are starting to get closer and closer and closer to natural language. And, and I bet you if you start to incorporate AI into those, I bet you at some point it will be sort of like you saw in the, what you see in the future. Oh, yeah. You know, where you're talking to your house or your computer and it is pretty just natural. Yeah. I mean, the natural, language, back. natural language processing is already getting good. Auto, auto punctuation is now a thing, you know. So, I mean, we're like taking steps, more and more mm -hmm. steps toward, toward that future for yeah. sure. Well, and you talked about um, the smart home. You know, I think that's a realm of products that a lot of companies don't even think about relating to AT. You know, I'm totally by myself and, and you know, like most people, or a lot of people, I have Amazon Echoes throughout my house to turn lights on and off, to set timers, to do all sorts of stuff. And I I don't think, well, maybe seeing AI, seeing AI would tell me, but there's not a lot of other products out there that I can use to tell me if the if I left the lights on right mm -hmm. so I think that's an area that I think we need to focus more on the the downside yeah. too is you know that's totally reliant on your internet connection and yeah. you know the product itself yeah, but and the setup process can be tough but there's some cool like I you know one of the things 
that I like to do, I have all my outdoor lights are all smart and they're all, uh, they're all uh, different color. Well, they're all normal bulbs, but I can change colors. And one of the ways I use it a lot, which I always think is kind of makes my life easier is when I take an Uber or a Lyft home at night, a lot of times the drivers are like, which one's your house? Is it mm -hmm. this one? And it's like, I have no idea. So I change, you know, the lights of my house blue outside. So then it's just simply saying, oh, I'm, the light, I'm the house with the blue lights. Right. And that's then you're cool. obviously getting yeah, home, you know. Idea. So just little things like that yeah. uh, to me are those really cool ways where we can make mainstream technology assistive technology. I sense another video coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, fellas, I know that we could sit and talk to you guys for hours <laughs> about AT and geek out, but, and we really appreciate you coming on and so that we, we had a chance to geek out again. Cause I, I, I miss talking about AT. It's, it's well, cool. And you know, both like Ryan, I'm still in assistive technology, selling and supporting uh, products for blindness and low vision and Rob, you know, worked with us as well. So we've been in the industry for over 20 years ourselves. Sure. So we're familiar with, with all that stuff that you guys review and talk about. So it's, it, mm -hmm. like he says, it's fun to get back to it. We love yeah, it. Yeah. It's always fun to talk about technology. Absolutely. Well, on that note, then tell the fine folks at home where they can find the YouTube channel. Tell us a little bit more about Vision Forward, where they can find that and uh, plug anything that you would like. Sure. So we've got a few different things. First, we'll start with Vision Forward. If you're in the Wisconsin area, um, you can always find us at vision-forward.org. As I mentioned, we're a nonprofit. We serve all individuals at all stages of life of all stages of vision loss. So we have a birth, we work with birth to three. We have, an in, uh, we have a, a daycare here on site. Uh, and then we move over to our adult side and do all the vision rehab services you would expect. Um, so again, vision-forward.org to learn more about Vision Forward. Uh, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash visionforwardtechconnect. That's where you're gonna find a couple different things. First, you'll find our produced videos. We release two a month. And then uh, those are usually, well, we try to keep them to 10 and 15 minute long, but uh, Luke and I have never, uh, we're not very good at it. The last uh, one was 30 minutes. It was 30 minutes, <laughs> but it needed to be. At least Did that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> um, so those are our produced videos. And then on the opposite weeks, we do uh, our Tech Connect Live show that we talked about that we started uh, four years ago. And that is also streamed uh, live on uh, YouTube. And then obviously our archived uh, episodes are, are, are up on our channel. That's where we'd spend a full hour, well, not a full hour, usually 45 minutes or so talking about a specific piece of technology. Recently, we did one on uh, screen reader with Microsoft Teams. We did one on the LVI Magnalink uh, S. We've done one on the Vision Pro talking about it's all different kinds of uh, smart home. We did went off to my house and did, did a tour of smart homes. So all kinds of different ones there. And then um, we also have a two other things. We have a podcast 
You can search for Vision Forward Tech Connect Live in your uh, podcast app of choice. And that's just the audio only version of those live sessions we do. We don't do podcasts of our produced videos because not everything translates perfectly over to audio, although we try to, when we create our videos, we really try to do a very good job making sure that no matter who's watching it, you know what's going on. But we, right now, we're just podcasting those, those 45 minute live sessions that we do. So you can ask your, uh, your uh, voice assistant to play Vision Forward Tech Connect or search for it in any of your podcast, uh, po podcast apps. And then last thing really quick is a um, uh, online assistive technology resource that we launched a, a few months ago. Um, this is at techconnect.vision-forward.org, techconnect.vision-forward.org can create an account completely free. You're going to have access to, um, you'll see all of our Tech Connect Live sessions, calendar, you can actually just watch them right from that page if you want to, see all of our older ones. You can also have access to all of our professional webinars. That's where Luke and I wear a shirt and tie uh, and we act a little <laughs> bit more professional. A little bit. Uh, those are ACVREP credit uh, um, eligible uh, for on demand. There isn't too many. There's a lot of places doing ACVREP credits, but not very many that are doing on demand and all of ours are on demand. And then um, if anyone struggles with YouTube a little bit and finding videos, on our, uh, on our online resource, there's a link to search all of our video content. And all of our videos are listed super easy. You can search, you can uh, look at categories. So if you just type in iPhone, it'll go through and just show you any of our YouTube videos that are specific to the iPhone. Um, so there's a lot of keywords go, going on, and in my opinion, they're a lot easier. It's a lot easier to navigate sometimes than YouTube's webpage. So again, that's vision. Uh, I'm sorry, that's techconnect.vision-forward.org. That was a lot, Corey. Did you practice that? Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. We try to do it at all of the end of our videos. I think you, most people tune out by the end. <laughs> Including me. Yeah, exactly. And, I started just, too. I don't know what happened. I just woke up and I wasn't sure where I was. <laughs> and just for just for the audience, uh, that's that's at YouTube.com, not theYouTube.com. Yes. That's, that's that's awesome. no, I bet you if you go to the YouTube, I bet you it works. <laughs> Actually, I'm sure they, if they were smart, they, they registered that domain name as well. <laughs> yeah, you are you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks again. Uh, please, please come back uh, anytime. We'd love to have you back and, and geek out some more about, uh, about AT. That would be great. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks We've for having had us. a great time. We appreciate it. Sounds great. Thank take you. it easy. Thanks, thanks. Luke. Thanks, hey, Corey. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. There you go. Hey, if we... There you go. Oh, Wake there we go. Liz. No, I'm, I was listening. I, I very politely muted my microphone so I could just kind of soak it all in and not interrupt anybody. And it was just, it was a lot of information. I know. I know yeah. you, you put, you put a bunch of guys that used to work in AT and are working in AT together and they just, you lose time just babbling about. Uh, yeah, there was, stuff. there were, there were definitely some geeky moments, but you know, uh -huh. it's fine. But it's true. It's, you know, AT is such an important field, but it is, it's such a, it's very fickle. It's very fickle. It's it's tough to to get people educated in all the different options. Well, the lines are being blurred now too, right? Because there's mainstream yeah. tech that is AT. So yeah. well, you know, does AT even 
mean anything anymore. Well, you know, in, in a perfect world, it wouldn't. You know, right. We shouldn't need AT. It should. Everything should just work accessibly right yep. out of the box. So, but we're we're ways away from that. What pisses me off, though, it's just it's these price points, right? It's so frustrating that that there isn't necessarily a lot of innovation going on uh because really that's what we need man we need we need well there might be behind the scenes it's just things aren't working out and coming to fruition so we're not seeing them yeah, i guess so you know like just you've like, got some you know like the, the braille cell technology we've we've had a couple different manufacturers release different braille technology that has failed right, right. but they are yeah. working on it and that's why i think some of the manufacturers oh. even though they're trying things behind the scenes the tried and true is still the tried and true yeah yeah well it's a shame you know this whole orbit device you know it's it's a shame to, to hear that it's kind of it sounds like it's kind of pretty much a failed experiment well it depends who you talk to but you know there oh, was okay. the, well, there fair. was the orbit braille displays uh braille me uh, was also another one right. that had a, a small different type of braille technology as well um that failed as well but well yeah. depending well, on who you talk I mean, to but well, but I mean, in their defense, though, you know, when you're when you're breaking out a new type of yep. technology, the first generation's always going to be rocky. Absolutely. You know? So we don't want to necessarily see those die off. We want to see them improve and figure out where they went wrong and yep. generally improve, because really the, the the goal is to to, you know, be able to have, you know, electronic refreshable Braille devices that don't cost as much as a, a used car. Well, and they don't, you know, like in, in, in Orbit's defense, you know, the Orbit 40, I believe, is like 1895 Canadian. So that's pretty cheap for a 40-cell Braille display. Oh, totally. The Orbit but stuff, for if sure. if you have like, to send it back six times over, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a year or two or three um, to have Braille cells fixed, is it really yeah. worth that 1895 or would you have been better off spending 3495 on something that's been around for 10 years well but yeah but see that's the trouble with at too is that it's not it's not it, for for a lot of people you know when you buy a braille display and you're using it for work or something if it breaks you're screwed absolutely like you, need, you you can't afford to to send it. something off for like three weeks four yep. weeks to get it fixed like you need something that's going to be rock solid that you can depend on exactly so uh that's the trouble with at it's not like you know whatever uh yep. your tv or something well well you can't just I mean, take my, it to best buy and exchange it well exactly right i mean i need my tv but <laughs> i couldn't go three weeks without my tv but sure you could you got an iphone uh, I, I like my tv <laughs> i love my tv no, it was great. I, 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 I would love to have these guys back on uh, yep. and uh, give us another update soon. But yeah, let's get out of here. All right. Hey, hey, hey what? Who's, who's, who's talking to me? <laughs> no, who, you're not going to me. What are oh, you doing? Okay, fine. Hey, listen, Flurry Dash Ryan. Wait, hey, listen, Flurry, <laughs> comma, Ryan. What are you doing doing the going to Liz? Someone's got to do it. No, I'm doing it. I it doesn't sound like it. He sort Shut of up. has Go. it out for me tonight. <laughs> Go drink some milk. 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 Whatever. Milk. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hey, Liz. Uh, hey, Rob. Uh, where can people find us? Um, they can find us at atbanter.com or theatbanter.com or just theatbanter.com. I think it just blew milk out my nose. <laughs> oh god this is great uh they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell 
Ooh, you almost, that sounded like you must you missed. I did. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's a glancing blow. Uh, where was the what, Cowbell.com. Don't go to cowbell.com. We should really reserve that domain name, actually. We should see if we can get it. I wonder who has that. Uh, I don't think so. I we'll think I'll like years do ago. Some, do some research later. Uh, yeah, whatever. They can email us. Uh, where else can they find us? I think Liz covered that. Facebook, no, Twitter. She, did she? No, she didn't. Did I'm she? I'm pretty sure she did. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, I thought Wait, you did. Why do you sound so far away? I sound so far away? There you go. You're, you're back perfect. now. Oh. You're perfect, Liz. You're Facebook, perfect Twitter, you are. Mastodon. Online at atbanner.com. Don't steal her thunder. This is the, her big <sighs> moment to shine in the show. You need to take Sorry. it from her. That's okay. I'm fine in the background. No, you tell us where those but you just wait till But next. you just wait till next week because it's going to be in your face. Nobody puts baby in a corner. No one yeah. puts Lissy in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the title of this week's episode. But Lissy, Lissy will put herself in a corner. <laughs> when, <laughs> when everyone's talking tech, I'm like, oh, God. That's right. Oh, my God. You boys are giving me a headache. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're making sorry my tiny little brain hurt. Next week's next week's will be better. You'll be you'll be all over next week. So okay, I'll be all over it. Got it. All over it. Okay. All right. Is that it? That's we, it. Okay. We're done. All right. Well, then I That's do believe. Do it. Man, what are you? What are you with upstaging everybody this week? Did you not get enough? Come on, she's got to go. Let's go. No, but well, she's delaying go. things. Let's You're go. the one that's screwing it up. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Tell no, us. I'm tell, okay, where. <laughs> every time you razzle dazzle and that <laughs> okay go that is good to about do it for us this week big thanks of course to fuck, i forgot their names <laughs> oh god cory and luke cory and luke okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> and and big thanks of course to Corey and luke for joining us and we will see everybody next week <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by canadian assistive technology providing low vision and blindness solutions across canada find us online at www.canastech.com that's c-a-n-a-s-s-t-e-c-h.com or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. <laughs>